And if we're just making decisions solely about self and we're not considering all the other individuals, the processes, the systems, the organizational mission and all these other pieces that are affected, again, that's selfish. This is what causes breakdowns in teams. This is what causes conflict. This is, this is what causes companies to go bankrupt when we start thinking solely about self. I am so happy that you have tuned into this podcast because you're getting the tools and the strategies to help transform yourself, your organization, your institution, or to prepare you for leadership. But let's take it a bit further. As a organizational learning, development, and leadership consultant, I help train and develop leaders to improve their performance, resiliency, and diverse, with a capital D, talent management. So what are you waiting for? Set up a consultation with me now so we can talk about what you can do to create that long-term development plan to really ensure that your company, your organization, or even as you prepare for leadership is on target. If you go to my website, AishaThomas.org, go to the area where you can schedule a consultation and meet with me. And we will get you started on the path of being that transformational, trend-setting leader. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Leader Set Trends podcast. And on today's episode, following the celebration of the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I wanted to focus on some legacy principles that we can consider, some leadership principles we can consider as we lead within our organizations, our institutions, as we lead ourselves, and also lead within the household. Because it's not only about us, it's about the legacy that we leave. It's about what we set up for those that are coming behind us. So as always, get your notepads, your note-taking materials, and let's get into today's message. Today, we honor the late Martin Luther King Jr., who was not only a minister, a social rights activist, a leader of the American Civil Rights Movement, who did so many things for the African-American community. He was also a father, a husband, a son. He once said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. What a powerful message of resiliency, excellence, drive that we saw and how Martin Luther King Jr. showed up for us in this world, showed up for a nation, and was able to change so many things that affects us even today positively. We honor you and we thank you. So how was your MLK day? Did you reflect? Did you take time and watch documentaries? Did you see all the different posts that were blasted online on the different social media platforms? What did you do to reflect? And of course, as we know, the I Have a Dream speech is that one that everyone can resonate with because that is the you know, again, that is like the golden standard of messages that MLK did 
but there's so many other impactful messages there that a lot of people haven't heard. There's so many impactful uh, quotes and pieces that stood out in the life. I mean, in, in the messaging and all the different opportunities that MLK had to lead, right? To mentor, to support those that were a part of this mission to really transform the world. If you really think about the time that he was a leader, what he was trying to do in that time was truly a game changer. It really was. To be a leader at that time, aiming to transform policies, to transform mindsets and hearts. That's a mission that not too many are willing to to take because of what comes with it. It came with a lot. It came with heartache. It came with turmoil. It came with targets, right? It came with the loss of life. And you have to realize that there was additional parties connected to that mission, connected to that vision, family, loved ones that were all connected to this because when his life was taken at such a young age, he had children, he had a wife, he had other leaders that were looking at him. He had individuals that were watching him on TV screens that were influenced by all that he did and all the, the, all the things that he was aiming to do to transform the world during a time where segregation and really a hate for people of color was running rampant, rampant. That's why, again, to lead with the goal in mind to not, that, that was really influencing and, and shifting the hearts and minds of people. Again, that, that's a whole nother level of, that's a love, that's like a, a heavy, weight. I won't even say a weight, but it's just like a heavy mission to carry. And when we are sitting in these leadership roles, right? In these seats, like the mission and the visions that we have or the goals that we have, you know, sometimes you look at like what we're doing now, or sometimes I look at what I'm doing and I'm like, man, I have such a heavy task. I have so many things. I, it's just like such a, like a heavy plate to carry. But when you think about the time and the doors that a lot of the leaders that have come behind us, like the, the things that they've done to open doors for us, it's made it easier, to be honest, for us to, to lead and be in these seats. I mean, as a woman, right? Because again, if you think about the time, even women's rights look different. So although there were some shifts and changes that happened as far as rights and policies for Black people, for African-Americans. There was still another battle that had to happen for women. You know, there were still some shifts that still had to occur, and there's still things that we still have to push towards in order for women to be in these leadership roles. So we can see more progression and diversity in those C-suite roles, on those boards, in those decision-making rooms. But the beauty is, as leaders, the 
the wars and the 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 small battles that we wave the, the excuse me the small battles that we engage in and win because we continue to press forward it opens the doors and it aids that next generation and those next tier of leaders it helps them towards again them entering into that next battle and it makes it easier, right? That pathway gets easier, easier. Again, each, each, it's like each battle supports the next generation and it just helps them get closer and closer to win the big war. And I had shared a message like that before on my Instagram um, and on my social media platform. So even yesterday when I posted or the other day where I posted um, for um, Martin Luther King um, for his day, I put leaders continue to dream, but put your dreams in action, remembering to do it with excellence. So those that come behind you don't pick up where you left off, but can take on the next mission equipped fully because of what you did during your chapter, right? Because it's about action and recognizing again, it's not solely about us. It's really not. It's not about us. It's about the impact that we can make. It's about the, the, the transformation that we can have. And even if we look at it from the aspect of, you know, waging wars and, and recognizing the battles that we wage, I had uh, this other post that stood out to me. There was someone um, on Twitter that posted, while I think of Juneteenth, it was so powerful. I just love this message. He said, while I think of Juneteenth, I think of the generations of Black folks who fought for freedom. They knew they might never see themselves, but fought for it anyway. It is a reminder that we don't always try to build a better world so we can see it, but, beca- but because someday someone will. They might not see it. It might be unseen change, but the war is about the principle or the ideology behind the disagreement and the strategy, Right. That's what a war is. And then what happens that is that a battle is a small part of the war. Several battles together can be referred to as a campaign, but ultimately all battles and campaign goes towards winning the overall war, right? And then what happens is that is that leaders continue to fight those battles for positive change. We might not see during our tenure there or in our generation, but progression was made and stages have been set, right? Have still been set. And the reality is, is that MLK didn't, wasn't able to see his dream come to fruition, right? To physically see it, but he fought that battle. So it may, would make it easier for people like me, for his children, for others, pe- other people's children that were able to still live and see what happened tomorrow, even though he didn't make it to tomorrow. And I want us to think about our roles as leaders as uh, being just as important, right? This is a serious, serious, serious role that we're in. So today I want to highlight some principles. I want to highlight some focus points as leaders that we need to consider. We really need to consider as we are navigating leadership that we need to consider as we navigate these spaces that we're in, because again, I don't want you to just look at it as, you know, this is just something that we're doing, you know, just as, you know, we're just, uh, we're just leading. We're just here for the check or the parking spot. We're just here for um, the opportunity. Right. And again, yes, there are perks that come along with leadership. However, ultimately there's a bigger reason why we're doing it. All right. There's a bigger reason. 
So make sure you got your notepads ready, right? Because I want to highlight some, some really awesome quotes that just stood out to me and how it connects to what we do as leaders. So the first thing is leaders execute with excellence. Leaders execute with excellence. Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could do it no better. How powerful. I'm going to read that again, right? Leaders should execute with excellence. Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could do it no better. Are you leading and executing with excellence? So in one of my classes, um, there was an article where we read about integrity. Now, of course, um, within our ethos and the Air Force, within our creed, we talk about integrity, right? And when you think about integrity, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, doing the right thing when no one's looking. It's just like integrity is like this, this um, you know, it's really about like standing up for what's right. It's like being an overall good person. Like, do you have integrity? Are you honest? Are you going to keep your word? But this version of integrity talked about wholeness, meaning that is there going to be excellence given in everything that you do? It was a really interesting twist to integrity. So it talked about the reason why a lot of people have breakdowns in what they do is because they lack integrity. They lack doing or giving excellence in all they do. And because of a lack of awareness in this breakdown, this is causing a lot of issues in their life. So an example was giving of, you know, if your car is needed, um, there's some like maintenance needed for your car and you're not taking it and getting it taken care of. And over time, right, you start seeing or you start experiencing more and more issues with your car because you didn't take it in for maintenance. You didn't take it in for maintenance and you need work done. But again, you keep on driving the car. Over time, you're going to take it on the road and it's going to have another breakdown. Take it on the road is going to have another breakdown and so on and so on. So where's the awareness? Where is the pausing and saying, you know, this machinery isn't working. I need to go get an oil change. I need to go get it maintenance. I need to go take, get it taken care of so it can function, function properly. So it can function in the excellence for it to get me to point A to point B, for it to be that you know, travel machinery that I use for me to get to where I need to, to my destination. So in the products, the systems, the processes, you being um, that leader, how much integrity do you hold? How much excellence are you putting in what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Are you doing it well? Are you doing it so well that no one could do it better? And by no means am I saying that we need to be perfectionist. We need to be, you know, the, the, I don't know. We don't, perfection isn't reality, but it's about just like I was sharing about that example of um, um, integrity. It's about giving it all we got. I'm going to show up and I'm just going to give it the best that I can do. And recognizing those seasons where it's like, I'm not 100%. Why is that? What adjustments do I need to make? What shifts do I need to make? 
I watched this sermon this weekend. It was so powerful. Um, you know, my virtual pastor, shout out to Dr. Darius Daniels, and he talked about how there are a lot of people who can fully function in their purpose because they have aligned themselves or they're pursuing goals and aspirations are connected to something that they want or something that someone else has and they aspire to be that and that's not truly what God has for them and although those might be listening might be like not spiritual um you know I subscribe to that a lot right because that's just my foundation but it's so interesting what it's so powerful how that's the reality for a lot of people. A lot of people are pursuing things that that's not what their purpose is, or that's not what their mission is. But they're like, I want that thing that that person has. And they're chasing after it. And because they're not reaching that goal, they can't do it well, but it was never meant for them in the first place. It was never meant for them. So it's not only, that's why even where it highlights your life's work, it's identifying specifically where you're supposed to be leading at and aligning yourself in the right place. And then when you get yourself aligned with the right area, the right assignment, the right purpose, it's doing it well, taking it serious, recognizing it's more than a check, it's more than a parking spot. It's more than a title. It's more than having access. It's about the mission. It's about the excellence. It's about, you know, all the other things that come with it. Because what MLK did, like his work extended beyond him. It did. Even in his death, there was still impact legacy was birthed other leaders were born from his work and it continued so are you executing in excellence the next one leaders don't do it for self he said life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others Mm, what are you doing for others and I kind of touched on that just a second ago But what are you doing for others? Has it become solely about you, me, myself, and I? Has it? Has it? Has your leadership become become something, a selfish pursuit? From the Montgomery bus boycott, I mean, to the many marches, to the sit-ins that were influenced, to the meetings with the presidents and the phone calls, to the going from town to town, state to state, city to city, there was a mission behind it. There were phone calls from mothers, fathers. There was lynchings. There were losses of life. There were people being abused and so many different other stories that were happening. Just imagine the kind of phone calls that were being taken on a regular basis and the different stories that were being heard. There was always someone else connected behind that, that fueled the mission. Are 
life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? When did leadership become solely about you? I always say as leaders, our decision-making is not solely just affecting us, right? It's affecting the people, the processes, and the big picture. That decision you're making has so many, it affects so many people, the internal customer, your team members, those people that work within you know, the ecosystem of your organization, but it's also impacting those on the outside as well, your external customers. It'll impact your families. What you, your decision you make is going to affect another team member and now it's affecting, right, their level of execution. And now it might impact them to the point where it's, baby, I, I have to stay in, I have to stay late because, you know, this decision was made and now it's impacting me and I have to make this adjustment. And it's so many other people impacted by your decision. And if we're just making decisions solely about self and we're not considering all the other individuals, the processes, the systems, the organizational mission, and all these other pieces that are affected, again, that's selfish. This is what causes breakdowns in teams. This is what causes conflict. This is, this is what causes companies to go bankrupt when we start thinking solely about self. One of the exercises that we did in our class recently is that we were, um, one of the questions was about, um, it was about Nokia. And um, this was a piece that was from some time ago and it talked about um, this specific question asked, okay, what kind of changes will need to be embedded in order for Nokia to um, really dominate the U.S. market? Because at that time, and this, again, this was an article written some time ago, or this exercise was written some time ago. At the time, Nokia had dominated the area, like they had dominated the cell phone arena. However, what happened is that they hit a, a, a piece, like they, they got stagnant, they hit a pause because their technology was only beneficial for um, the market overseas, right? They had a piece of technology within their phone that was only supported if uh, for um, those who had phones, you know, overseas. It could not be utilized in the U.S. And as these other cell phone companies started to dominate, well, they took over, right? And now Nokia started to kind of fall down as far as dominating that space. In addition to that, um, they want they needed to build relationship with other carriers, right? Nokia was like, we want to do our own thing. But other carriers were like, listen, you know, if you want to build a relationship with us, you need to be able to, you know, dis- give us your phone. We can distribute it. We can put our own little, you know, twist and so on with it. But they didn't want to do that. So that was another breakdown. But internally, internally, they also shared um, that there were some breakdowns internally. There was a lot of self-focus that was happening with management and, you know, those that were in the decision-making table where it became about, you know, all right, you know, we've made X amount of money, you know, decisions weren't being made effectively. Um, They couldn't move forward with certain, um, um, certain ideas as far as launching different products. And it just was a lot of uh, conflict internally that, became more of a internal us thing than, okay, what do we need to do to move beyond this so we can start thinking about the we, about the big picture? 
because yes, we did great and we've dominated this maybe overseas market, but we need to, for us to stay at the top or at least be able to compete, we need to be able to do our part in the United States as well. So they had a tremendous drop. And although things have shifted, now they do have, you know, phones. I know as of January 20, um, this year, right, January 2022, they have, uh, they're going to be launching some new phones and so on. But that infighting, right, that, that self-focus, that internal breakdown caused a lot of breakdowns. And while we don't know all the ins and outs of that, when things become so self-focused, when internal conflict isn't resolved, when we can't get outside of the me, myself, and I, and start working on the we, how can we get beyond that? And again, I'm sure there are other dynamics connected to that, then that's when you start to find a lot more breakdowns. So we have to get beyond the me, myself, and I, and get to the we. Because when we connect the we to the mission, and again, we need the people, we need the processes, we need the big picture, we need all these pieces connected to the mission, because that's how we get far, then people will buy in and connect. And that's what is so powerful about change. Because once you can get the people connected to the change, you can get them involved, get them connected in, that's when you can start really moving traction. Martin Luther King, what made him unique is because he had to build relationships. That's why, you know, although his approach was different from other um, different, you know, leaders, which was okay, everyone has different approaches. He took the approach of nonviolent. He took the approach of building relationships because he knew that there were certain, you know, relationships that he had to uh, build that subscribe more to the nonviolent side. So his strategy was different from others. Not saying one was wrong, one was right. You know, it was, it's not about picking sides right now, but that was his strategy. Let me build relationships. And by building relationships, I can move this mission further. I can move this way towards it because I know that there's other pieces connected to it. By picking up this phone call and having this conversation with this mother, this father, by talk, talking to Rosa Parks and discussing what happened to her on the bus and, and, and really connected to this vision or to this um, potential opportunity to, you know, desegregate buses. By, you know, connecting to this or connecting to that, going to the city, talking to this person, talking to this person, now traction started get, to get built And now the world stage started to see. Now the president started to see. Now city officials started to see and things started to move forward. That's the power of the we, when you can gather that buy-in with multiple people. But when it's just you and it's just about you, people don't connect to the me, myself, and I, but they connect to the we. So is it about you or is it about the we? Leaders don't do it for self. And then the final, final quote, right? Leaders stand in the uncomfortable. If anything, with any of the world leaders of that time, with any of them, they had to stand in the uncomfortable. The ultimate measure of a man, right, or a woman, is not where he or she stands in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Did you know at that time, the approval rating of MLK was 33%. 33%. 
So yes, right now, you know, on these holidays, for a lot of people, we'll celebrate them. But at that time, 33%, he was not popular. What he was doing was different. There was a lot of controversy. There were a lot of people that were against it. There were a lot of people like, you're bringing too much attention to this. What we, we don't like how your approach is. We don't like this approach. We need you to approach it this way because you see what's happening in our communities. You need to do it this way because you don't see this is what's happening here. You need to address it in this way. Bombings are happening. Lynchings are happening. People are being abused. Lives are being taken. We need you to do it this way. Or all this work you're doing and you're still being treated like this. You need to, be, you need to do it this way. Why are you doing it this way? Do it this way. I mean, just so many different challenges at the time. Leadership is uncomfortable. There are going to be decisions that you make that aren't popular. When you want everyone to stand next to you, you might stand alone. It might just be you. It might be just you and your inner circle, your inner core of people that support you. It might just be. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. That's when your leadership is truly tested. That's when, you're, you're, when growth really happens. It's in those moments when you are uncomfortable. That's where lessons are learned. That's when you can actually weed through who truly, right, who truly wants to grow and develop as well. That's where you can see, that's where conflict happens, right? We talk about, you know, I did this session on the five stages of team development. So you can talk about this can be the the conflict stage, the storming phase, where you're questioned, conflict arises, stress, lack of sleep. And now again, this is even trickling into your home. Because again, we know as leaders, a lot of the things we navigate does affect how we show up in the home as well. I understand keep your personal professional life separate, but it does follow us in the home. It does. Imagine the level of stress, being phone wiretapped, phone tapped, getting calls and threats on a regular basis. Your household trying to be torn apart. So many different things. He wasn't just standing, standing in, in front of or, or being challenged just by city officials or, you know, a small group of people. But these were by, this was by government agencies. This was by top officials. And not diminishing the level of challenges we face because it does matter. It does. But just recognizing that that's where the true, true test comes in. That's where lessons are learned. That's where growth happens. And that is normal for leadership. 
when we have to stand in the uncomfortable. I'm in an uncomfortable season now. I was in an uncomfortable season last year. It's, it's cyclical. It's something that's going to happen over and over again. But I learned lessons. And from those lessons, I can apply those lessons I learned in this next season. So leaders, are you standing in the uncomfortable? Are you not doing it for self? But are you doing it for others? Not about me, but about we. Are you executing in excellence? We must remember, right? We must remember that is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. We must ensure that we continue to dream. We must continue to ensure that we are navigating in excellence. That is going to be important on this journey of leadership. It's not just a buzzword. It's just not a term that you just use. I mean, so many people, I'm a leader, I'm a leader. But are you really? Do you really live it? Is it really within what you do? Is it like heart work? Does it mean anything to you? Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, dead, and unborn could not do it any better. So leaders, as I left on my message, continue to dream, but put your dreams in action, remembering to do it with excellence. So those that come behind you, don't pick up where you left off but can take on the next mission equipped fully because of what you did during your chapter. So as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. Make sure that you like, share this, subscribe, leave a review. That information is important because we need to get this message out to all of the leaders out there. We need to get it out to all the leaders, right? We need to get this information out. It is importante, so important that people are hearing this message, all right? So this is the Leaders Set Trends podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, make sure you email me, message me at info at aishathomas.org or follow me on any social media platform at Miss Aisha Thomas, all right? At Miss Aisha Thomas. Leave me a message there. And shout out to Justice Barron for this shirt, right? Future millionaire, let's get it. I'm going to put billionaire on there. But thank you so much for this shirt. I love it so much. I already got some, you know, love for this shirt. So I thank you for it. Um, Make sure, yes, this podcast is now on YouTube. So if you want to watch the video version, go to YouTube and check it out as well. And again, share this, share this, share this, comment, review, like it, because that's how this message gets out, you know, into the world, all right? The leadership world. So appreciate you guys tuning in, right? And as I always say, individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. And that's why you need leadership development. Have a good day.